0: Be a beantum, what only Tibetum, what are better the Ardol that The first of our salawat in honor of Rasulullah Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa they The second loud salawat in of Imam Amir al Mu'mineen, alayhi The third with your loudest voices in honor of the Imam of our time, Imam Sahib al-Astri wa Zaman. Respected scholars, brothers and sisters, Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. What exactly took place with the burial of Imam al-Hussein alayhi salam? Who exactly buried Imam Al Hussein alayhis salam, and who buried the rest of the martyrs of the tenth of Muharram? No doubt, one of the most tragic moments in the history of the religion of Islam and in the history of humanity was not just the killing of Imam Al Hussein alayhis salam and his companions, but also their burial. That when one examines the burial of Imam Al Hussein alayhis salam they find that it's a burial which is enshrouded in sadness, enshrouded with difficulties, and a burial that very much breaks the heart of any lover of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and his family. For if at any time in your life you witness that there's a burial that may become difficult or may have hardship with any member of your family, never forget what took place after the 10th of Muhammad. Sometimes in our communities, when a body is not released in time, or when somebody's marhum has, for example, a family member who is facing difficulties with paperwork the moment they pass away, you find that some of us may become frustrated at that moment. Why is it that I cannot bury my family member straight away? Everybody wants their family members to have their deaths enshrouded in sanctity, the way their lives were enshrouded in sanctity. But you find that sometimes when these hardships occur, the best person to relate to is Imam Al-Husayn salam. Because when you come to the burial of Imam al hussein salam, he was not buried straight after he was killed. If Anybody had any self of Islamic respect, they would know that within the religion of Islam, From the first human to be killed. God wanted there to be a respect for any dead body. That's when you see. When Qabil killed Habil. In the first murder that occurred. In the history of humanity. Qabil did not know what to do with the body. Automatically God sent. A bird to teach Qabil. How to bury Habil. And a message was sent from that day. That there is sanctity in the way a human lives. And there has to be respect in the way the human dies. Sadly, 50 years after the Holy Prophet passed away, you find that his community had reached the stage where it was normal for them to leave bodies on the earth of Karbala, some of them with spears inside them, some of them with no heads, some of them with no feet. And you would think that an enemy that may have some self-respect, considering this enemy used to mention Allah's name, this enemy used to mention the Prophet's name, they used to sometimes talk about the Day of Judgment, that part of that would at least be a sense of respect, that okay, we've beheaded these personalities, we massacred them, we've destroyed them, Now let us at least take their bodies, put some sand over the body at the very least, out of self-respect. You can go to many non-Muslims out there today, and they'll say to you, we may not necessarily follow Islamic law, but we recognize that if there's somebody who has died, you should try and make certain provisions to help them. As we know within Islamic law, there is a particular obligatoriness that one member of the community has to take part in the ghusl, or the kafan, or the burial of a member of that community. The moment one person does it, it's enough. Yet when you look at Ahlulbayt, you'll find that they had many difficulties when it came to their burials. You would assume that the Holy Prophet, and Imam Amir al-Mu'minin, and Fatima al-Zahra, and Imam al Hassan, and Imam al-Husayn, salawatullah wa salamu would have all had extremely easy burials. As in, if Islam and its history was as smooth as people made it out, then the Prophet would have had no issue when he was buried. And Fatima al-Zahra would have no issue when she was buried. And Imam Amir al-Mu'mineen would have had no issue when he was buried. And Imam al hassan would have had no issue when he was buried. Yet each one of them, before Imam al hussein had issues in their own deaths. When the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and his family passed away, you find that there was a confusion in the Muslim community. Some people attended the whole of the ceremony. Others went off to an area called Saqifa where they were focusing on who should succeed the Holy Prophet. As if they knew something, the man who received revelation did not. The man who received revelation did not know that it would be important to leave a leader behind as in you, with all your brightness, realized that there was an urgent need for the Ummah of Muhammad وسلم, sallallahu wa sallam, to have a leader appointed for them at the Saqifah. But the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, his family, the man whose Ummah we talk about for 23 years did not know it was important. Let alone the Lord of that prophet who has appointed leaders from Adam until the Khat. From the very prophet himself until the final prophet of God. He has always chosen a Khalifa. Therefore, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon his family, if the president of this community died, you would find that there would be a janazah where everybody would attend. If a leader of any country died, you would find that everybody would make sure they attend. And not just attend by, just saying, here's some bunch of flowers, bye. They would sit there, they'd send their condolences to the family. They would not leave. They'd make sure that they are around to witness this incident. However, with the Holy Prophet, peace be upon his family, all Muslims agree that there was an election which was taking place to ensure that somebody would emerge as the leader of the Muslim community. Therefore, with the Holy Prophet, peace be upon his family, Imam Ali, upon was present ensuring that a ma'soom buries another ma'soom. Yes. That somebody chosen by Allah buries another chosen by Allah. This is a very important line within this analysis. With Fatima, upon her, you would think that the lady who is the greatest lady to have ever lived on the face of this earth. Is there a lady like Fatima? Nobody. Comes near Fatima. salam, And remember my point. Which I always stress. That as a Shi'i, My love for Fatima. Is not because of association. It's because of merit. Fatima is not great. Because she is the prophet's daughter. There are others. Who may be attributed to being daughters. But rather Fatima is great. Because of the intellect of Fatima. The rationality of Fatima. The moral conduct. Of Fatima. That her. Asiya, Maryam, and Khadija were all the greatest ladies. I ask all of you, a lady like that when she dies, surely the whole Muslim Ummah would attend her funeral. Wouldn't you agree? As in now, today, if there is a Muliani, Mulyaya, Mujtahida in the Muslim community, if she died, wouldn't the whole community attend? Would you prevent anyone from attending? I ask you, somebody now in the community... A lady died and somebody wants to come and attend that janazah of that lady. Would you prevent them or no? No way would we prevent them. Because irrespective of somebody's religiosity, I want to make sure that everybody is given benefit of the doubt. Make 70 excuses for somebody before you make a judgment or an accusation on them. If my mother died in London, I would not stop anybody from coming to her janazah. I'll make sure that any of my friends who turn up, I would be honored that they've turned up. If any of other communities I've given majalis for turned up, big honor. Even those who may disagree with me. If they turned up for my mother's janazah, I would not stop them. I would turn around and say, you're more than welcome. Let bygones be bygones. Let's recite a al-Fatiha together. Don't you agree? Yet Fatima al-Zahra remains the only lady in Islamic history. Who made a point clear. That firstly I want my burial to be secret. Not public. But Fatima. Islam was built on your mother's wealth. And the way you protected her teachings. Not just on her wealth. But the way you protected her teachings. You are the one who the Prophet said. Fatima. <laughs> minni. Man faqad Fatima is a part of me. Whoever angers her angers me that fatima is that lady in ayatul mubahala When the quran said faman hajak fi min ba'd ma ja'aka min alimi faqul ta'alu nad'u abna'ana wa wan surah 3 verse 61 of the quran the holy prophet had taken fatima an imam al-hassan imam al-hussain an imam emir al surely such a lady you would put a statue in some countries of their great leaders don't you agree would we leave their janazah? Why make it secret? Even Fatima Zahra, her janazah was attended by not more than a handful people. Not more than a handful. You would think, because sometimes when people see the janazah of Imam Al-Husayn, they don't realize he was the completion of the tragedies that befell Ashab al kisa Yes. You find that Fatima Zahra firstly, there was not more than a handful. Someone says, hold on, a handful. Are you saying a handful means ten? Here's my hand. Here's these ten fingers. Eight fingers, two thumbs, whatever it is. I can tell you that barring names such as Salman al-Muhammadi, Abu Dhar al-Ghafari, and a few others, the rest of the ummah. How big was the ummah of the Holy Prophet on that time? We had totaled six figures in the ummah. Of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa Ali Muhammad. We had total six figures in the ummah of the holy prophet. Peace be upon his family. If you were to add Mecca and Medina. And that Islam had at that point slowly spread towards the land of Yemen. Fatima al-Zara a few months after her father died. You find that this lady, what's happened with her? That her janazah, she did not want people to also attend. When Fatima Zahra says, I don't want people, especially certain personalities to attend. What's she saying? She's saying that their philosophy and their understanding of Islam is opposite to mine. And if it's opposite to mine, it's opposite to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, his family. Otherwise, Fatima Zahra would not stop someone from attending a janazah. A janazah. Or a burial, people remember Allah, people recite the Quran. Why would she stop somebody? Would you believe that Fatima Sahra salam, her janaza, not more than a handful. Otherwise, it was in the secret of the night that Imam Ali buried her alone. And that's why you had some people who were frustrated. How dare you bury her without telling us? And in some narrations it's mentioned. That they said, we'll dig up every single part of Medina until we take Fatima's body out. Imagine shortly after the Prophet died. Imam replied back to them, if this much dust comes out from the land of Medina, you'll see what will happen to all of you. I was patient while she was alive because her father gave me her as an amanah. Now that she's died, it's in my hands what I do. Are any of you really willing to try and dig out Fatima's grave? Go ahead, see what's going to happen in Medina. Nobody did. Until today, there is nobody on this earth, except the Imam of our time, who knows where Fatima zahra is buried. Nobody. Ask any Muslim who says that there's no issue between the Caliphs of the time and Fatima zahra Ask anyone. Say to them, if there is no issue, then why do we not know? Where she is buried. Surely somebody like that would have the biggest janazah. The biggest funeral. And there would be no issue whatsoever. But when until today a religion does not know where the greatest member of its female group is buried. What does that say about the early days of the religion of Islam? Therefore, number two, Fatima al-Zahra. Number three, Imam Ali was buried secretly in the night. Again, how many attended his janazah? Not more than a handful. Imam Ali alayhi salam was killed in the mosque of Kufa in the 40th year after Hijrah. Do you know when his body was discovered? 132 after Hijrah. How many years later? 40 to 132. How many years is that? 92 years! It was not made public where Imam Ali salam was buried. And that he had to be buried secretly. And not given a public janaza Because he told Imam al-Hasan that the khawarij want to take my body and burn it. Because you know before he died, he fought the khawarij at the battle of Nahrawan. When he fought them at that battle, there were some who wanted vengeance from him. Some mention Abdul Shaytan ibn Muljam was of them. That he had wanted vengeance from Imam Ali, and that's one of the reasons which he may have killed. But you find, therefore, Imam Ali tells Imam al Hassan that bury me secretly. You will find a grave prepared for me by Nabi Nuh alayhi salam. SubhanAllah. Look at Al Muhammad. Prophets find it an honor to prepare the janazah of Al Muhammad. Yes. Nabi Nuh. As you all know. And Nabi Adam are the two neighbors of Imam Ali's grave. How many of you have been to Najaf? Who's buried next to Imam Ali? Who do we say salam to in our ziyarah? Because we believe that the land of Iraq is ancient civilization. That land has certain parts of it which are pieces of Jannah. Which Allah placed on the earth. As in when we say in ziyarah, وَطَابَتْ الْأَرْضُ الَّتِي فِيهَا Dufintum, peace be upon you, and on your pure soil. Karbala part of it is a piece of Jannah. Likewise, Najaf, part of it, why? Because when the ma'sum is buried on the earth, the energy of the earth, the energy of the masum affects the earth, on which is on top of that masum. Yes? So you find that Imam alayhi salam says to Imam Al-Hasan, you and Hussain will hold one side of my janaza and then the other side will be held by who? By the angels. The angels one side. Because you see Masjid al-Kufa and Najaf. Sometimes by bus it's 20 minutes to go from your hotel in Najaf to Kufa. So how then was Imam Ali salam taken? From where? From Najaf? From Kufa to Najaf? Unseen forces. Malaika, the angels. They are servants of Al-Muhammad. <laughs> imam Ali buried in 40th year after hijrah. None of his Shia could do his ziyarah. The only people who knew where the Imam was buried were the Imams of Bayt. Many of you have read Dua Abu Hamza al-Thamahli in Shahar Ramadan. How many of you have read? That long du'a that sometimes seems like it will never end in Shahar Ramadan. Every time you flick 20 pages, there's about 68 left. Dua Abu Hamza al-Thamali is a companion of our fourth Imam. Abu Hamza narrates that one day I was with Imam Zain al-Abdi. He said, come with me. I walked with him. He then stopped somewhere, just a normal place. And he said, recite the following ziyara after me. When I recited that ziyarah after him, he said, this is where our Mawla, your Mawla, Amir al-Mu'mineen is buried. Imagine Abu Hamza, how close he is to the al-Bayt, did not know where Imam Ali, السلام, was buried. Until when the Abbasids came into power, Imam al decided that now we're going to make it public where Imam Ali is buried. So what do we have? Rasulullah, there was trouble in his janazah and difficulty and oppression. Fatima al-Zahra, difficulty and oppression. Imam Ali, difficulty and oppression. Imam al-Hasan had an easy janazah. Imam al-Hasan had an easy janazah. You would think that this Ummah would give their glorious lights the easiest of burials. They'd look after them. Go and read the books about the actions of the Umayyads at the time of the burial of Imam al-Hasan. Arrows over the janazah of Imam al-Hasan. Imagine, Imam al-Hasan... Wanted to be buried near his grandfather. But one narration mentions that they were forcing his body to go towards Baqiyah. Others say that maybe he wished for Baqiyah. But no doubt, even with Imam al-Hassan Imam al-Hassan wasn't a smooth janazah. There wasn't millions of Muslims who were so happy that day. Even in that janazah, you found difficulties that Imam al-Hassan faced. That's why when we come to Imam al Hussein Many do not know when Imam al Hussein was buried. Many do not know how Imam al Hussein was buried. If you ask many of the Shia in the world, explain to me the burial of Imam al Hussein. Because we know that on this night, right now, the 12th of Muharram, we know that the, the family of Imam al Hussein, where are they on a night like this? Where have they reached? Kufa. So now you have. The ladies of Al-Muhammad have all gone to Kufa. And where are the heads of the companions of Imam al Hussein? They are with them in Kufa. Yes. The heads were placed on spears. Beheaded from the bodies. And they were placed on these spears. Taken to Kufa. Where's Imam Zain al Abidin on a night like this? Where is he? Kufa. So all of these are now in Kufa. We said... That some have the opinion that a ma'soom has to bury a ma'soom, an infallible has to bury an infallible. If that's the case, then how could Imam Zain al Abidin reach Karbala? Okay? Because of on a night like this, if we say that Imam al Husayn was to be buried around the night of the 13th of Muharram, then Imam Zain al Abidin is in the land of Kufa. How could Imam Zain al Abidin leave the prisons of Kufa? To come back to Karbala. Otherwise, who buries Imam al Hussein alayhi salam? Secondly, sometimes we see that Imam al Hussein's buried. Where is Akbar? Where is Azgar, for example? Where is the Rady'? Why does Habib ibn Mazahir have his own grave? When you go to Karbala, you see that beautiful grave, but then you see one on the side. You see Habib ibn Mazahir alone on the side. Why was Habib there? Third question. Why was Hur bin Yazid al-Riyahi not with the rest of them? How many of you have done the ziyara of Hur bin Yazid al-Riyahi? May Allah bless all of you to go inshallah again. Hur bin Yazid al-Riyahi is at least 5 to 7 kilometers from Imam al-Hussein alayhi salam. So why is Hur buried over there? Why is Hur not buried with the rest of shuhada Karbala next to? Imam al Hussein alayhis-salam. Fourthly, why is Aun buried 10 kilometers away from Shuhada, Karbala? Aoun, they say, the son of Sayyidah Zaynab. Some of you may have gone to his burial site. They say, this is the burial site of Aun, the son of Sayyidah Zaynab alayhis But Aun died with the rest of them at Karbala. So why is he buried all the way over there? Let's examine all of these in order that we understand. The burial of Imam Al Hussein and all its components that were involved. First and foremost, Imam Al Hussein purchased his grave, for he purchased the land of Karbala. Yes. When Imam Al Hussein got to Karbala, Imam Al Hussein taught us a lesson that try and prepare for death as wisely as you can. There are many of us, when we live on this earth, the way we live is as if we're going to live in it forever. Listen, you'll find that there are some people. They don't imagine there's a day they're going to die. Or they think that they'll die like everybody else in their 70s or in their 80s. You find that when you hear the news of somebody, one of your friends, like I heard with my dear friend, our beloved brother Asghar, who passed away in Allentown only recently. When we hear of somebody like him and the way he passed away, all of a sudden, when someone passes away in this way, it teaches you that you may be in your early 30s, you may die. Have you prepared a will? Because we know the hadiths of Ahlul Bayt. Whoever dies without a will, dies the death of someone in jahili or ignorant. I have to firstly prepare my will. If there's prayers I've missed, make sure I write them down. So that my brother, my cousin, others of the guardians are able to fulfill these salahs that I've missed secondly fast from the shah ramadan i may have missed there may be shah ramadans that i blatantly missed hajj i may have missed other areas i may have missed i write my will number one number two That when a jama'at tells somebody there is a membership to pay then there is nothing wrong with paying that membership to ensure that what my janaz is looked after that there should be a maqbara purchased by the muslim community because of the laws concerning Burial with other Muslims rather than being buried with those not of the Islamic belief. So Imam al Hussein alayhi salam, when he got to Karbala, purchased Karbala, the land. He purchased it from the residents of the Ghadriya and Nainawa for 60,000 dirhams. How many? 60,000 dirhams. When he purchased it, he purchased it. That's where I am going to be buried. For his grandfather had already told him of that name. So when he heard the name Karban Bala, he knew that this is where I will be. He purchased the land. When he purchased the land, anyone who purchases any land, firstly, he made it clear that's the burial site. But then he puts other conditions. Sometimes when you buy a piece of land, you put conditions as to the relation of the contract of that land. He said, I purchased this land of Karbala for 60,000 dirhams." And it is alongside the following condition. Number one, that the residents of this area act as guides to my Zawar when they come and visit me. Allah, Allah, Aba Abdullah, you are still alive in the hearts of people. You'll find that when we get to Karbala, aren't we welcomed by guides on our way to Aba Abdullah? Aren't we welcomed by people who tell us this is the shrine of Abbas, this is the shrine of Hussein? Aren't we welcomed with the best of hospitality? Why do you think Saddam Hussein worked so hard to destroy Karbala? Saddam throughout his life. But especially in 1991, in the uprising of the Gulf War, many of you have seen the pictures of what they did to Karbala in 91. 91 until today, the bullets are there. In the shrine of Imam al Hussein, of when Saddam Hussein's soldiers shot the grave of Aba Abdullah. I ask you, where is Saddam Hussein now? Where is he? You explain to me, where is he? Saddam Hussein is anywhere to be seen. Where is he now? When the Quran says, We verily will avenge those who were oppressors on the earth. Saddam Hussein, this year in 2019. I ask you, is there any Zawar to remember his name? Whereas how many millions will go to Karbala this year? Yes. But when they go to Karbala, Imam al had already made it clear. That this land of Karbala that I have purchased. Firstly, you have to guide my Zawar. Any of them that come, even on a wheelchair, push that wheelchair. Yes. If they're on a wheelchair, push the wheelchair. If they're not on a wheelchair, help them walk help carry things for them because every visitor of Imam Al-Husayn develops an altruism in them. An altruism that even if it means it's going to cause pain to myself, for Aba Abdullah it's worth it. So the first condition was act as a guide. Second condition, be hospitable to them for three days. Don't ask any questions. How many times when you're walking on this wonderful display of love, when we walk to Aba Abdullah, How many times you see people feeding you? Please, I beg you eat That person who's feeding you is not a wealthy guy Sometimes that person who's feeding you Is just simply a lover of Imam Al-Hussein He wants to make sure You walk past him rice and curry You walk past him radish You walk past him milk You walk past him yogurt You walk past him drink You walk past him tea why are they all serving in this way? Imam al Hussein asked, serve my Zawah. Be hospitable to them. That even though I may die here, I want to make sure that anyone who visits me, I know what they've gone through. Imam al sadr says, that Allah have mercy on the faces that are burned by the sun. On the way to visiting Imam al Hussein, Allah have mercy. On those eyes that shed tears when they go to Aba Abdullah. Ahl made known that it's troublesome. But they tell the people of Karbala, those of you who are living here, make sure that you look after the zawar with the most hospital display. Therefore, Imam al Hussein purchased his own qabr his own land of Karbala. He ensured that that area was purchased. Nobody could come and say it's Ghazpi. Because one of the worst things that can ever happen to you is being buried in an area which is Ghazpi. Imagine something which is makhzoob. You are now coming, you're bought somewhere, you're buried, and they find out you've stolen that house. The house doesn't belong to you. The house is not yours. You want to make sure that where you're buried, even as a place where money which is halal has been used to purchase that place. I don't want to go to an environment where people have used haram to purchase something. Imam al Hussein also did not force himself. Or the residents of Karbala to sell to him. Imam did not say, I'll put a gun on your head that you sell me this plot, otherwise, I'll kill all of you. No, the offer was made to the residents of the Ghadriya and to the residents of Nainawa. that ah, how much is it? They said to him 60,000 dirhams. He went, therefore, on the first level, he made sure that where he's going to be buried, he made it a qabristan or a maqbara for him and his companions. That there's no way my companions will die without me making sure that there is a place for them to each have a burial for Because how many companions say the minimum number of companions with Imam Hussain was 70 Maximum 140 Say all of these who died Not every single one of them can have a family member who comes and buys a plot of land for them Look at the generosity of Aba Abdullah Did not only think about himself he thought of Ansar al-Hussein. Yes. He wanted to ensure that whenever people came for his ziyarah, they done the ziyara of his ashab as well. Why only purchase for me? Ignor said, I just want to purchase for me. al Akbar, Alial Azgar, Al-Radi, Qasim al-Hasan, nobody else. That's all I'll purchase for. No, 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 no. Ahl al-Bayt are the family of generosity. They are the family. Of beneficence, did he think about Habib Muslim and the likes of John the Abyssinian? He made sure he did. Therefore, Imam al Hussain a.s. bought this whole area so that him, his family members, his companions, all of them could be buried in an area which is a sadaqajaria for them until today. Until today, they are buried there. But there's a sadaqa jari every time you say, ashab al الْحُسَيْنِ alayhi السَّلَامِ You always remember the ashab. Secondly, there were people already there who Imam Al-Husayn عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ wanted to give a responsibility in relation to the burial. Everyone bear with me on this very delicate point. Banu Asad, some of them had already lived in Karbala. They had lived in that area of Nainawah. They had already lived there. Why? Because they heard 50 years earlier the Prophet saying Hussein will die in Karbala. So you already had people who had moved there. Let me give you an example. One of the people who had moved there. Because he knew that one day Imam al-Hussein will come here. They saw him sitting down before the tenth of Muharram. They said to him, Oman, oh can we get you some food? He said, I don't need food. Food is near. Can we get you something to drink? He said, I don't need drink. The drink is near. So Oman, oh what are you doing here? He said, I'm waiting for the grandson of Rasulullah. People looked at him and said, what do you mean? Why are you here? What do you mean grandson? He said, the Holy Prophet said, peace be upon his family, that his grandson will be butchered on the plains of Karbala. I want to be alongside him. That person had waited there. His name was Anas ibn al-Harith al-Kahili. Yes. Anas ibn Harith al-Kahili waited and waited from Banu Asad. Imam al-Husayn did not force him. He was of those who stayed there. Either to be with Imam Al-Hussein. Imam Al-Hussein looked at him. He could have either been with him. Or to at least bury Imam Hussain. That was number one. Number two. He told Banu Asad. Many of you have heard Banu Asad many times in Majalis. Banu Asad is a famous Arab tribe in Iraq. He told Banu Asad. That number one. About his burial. That me and my family will die here. But that number two. In the middle of the night. Our bodies may be alone in Karbala. At least stand by the bodies so animals don't come near our bodies. Yes? Animals are in the middle of the night. You know, these wild animals are all out. You find that Imam al Hussein spoke to Banu Asad. He said to them, Banu Asad, bring your tribe at the very least so that they come near our bodies. Because Abel Fad, his body was by the forage. One of them could have just stood there. Don't bury. You don't have to bury, let's say. But stand there. So if there's a wild animal which is there in the land of Karbala. Or a wild animal going past. Because sometimes I hear that some people mention there was a lion that protected the bodies of the companions of Imam Al-Husayn alayhis-salam. Now, to get the authenticity or not of this narration. Seems that Imam Al-Husayn alayhis-salam had already said to Banu Asad. That they had a responsibility at the very least let's come with me to karbala and if you don't want to come it's completely up to you i'm not forcing you to fight with me but do your duty as our neighbor of protecting the bodies at the very least and that's why when you come to the discussion of who buried imam hussein you find two opinions emerge and i believe that both these opinions can easily come together in which way The first opinion is Sheikh Al-Mufid's opinion within his Irshad. Where he says that Imam Al-Husayn was buried by Banu Asad. That they all came together because of Imam al Hussein talking to them. And that they were the ones who gathered the bodies of the Ahlul Bayt and of the companions. And they buried Imam al Hussein and his companions. That's one opinion. But we said that there is a principle that some believe in not all agree but some believe in and that is only a ma'soom can bury a ma'soom many times we hear this that's only an infallible can bury an infallible Banu Asad with all due respect to them one narration indicates that they weren't even willing to bury the bodies that some of their ladies had to push them to go towards the bodies because they were scared of Ibn Ziyad and Bani Umayyah that if they saw them burying the bodies they would have killed them Secondly, Banu Asad are non ma'sum. Banu Asad, there's no way someone of the stature of Banu Asad can touch the holy body of a ma'sum like Abu Abdullah al Husayn alayhi salam. Therefore, you find that the second opinion was what? Imam Zain al Abidin. But there's a problem. Imam Zain al Abidin is where? Kufa. Where in Kufa? He's not sitting in a house in Kufa where he's comfortable. He's under house arrest and an imprisonment by Abu al-Amin. Ziyad. Waidullah bin Ziyad had made sure that the ladies of Al Muhammad were sitting in these places. There's no roofs for them in the coldness of the night. There's nothing available for them. Remember, our Majalis, Majalis al Hussein have not ended yesterday. Yesterday was Ashura. We don't end. Ashura has begun now because we're going to Kufa and we're going to Sham. So Imam Zain al Abidin, where was he? Imam Zain al Abidin was not Kufa. Could Imam Zain al Abidin get back to Karbala to bury? Imam al Hussein alayhi salam, this question was answered by Imam al-Rabha. Salawat wa salamuhu When Imam Musa al-Kadhim died, where did Imam Musa al-Kadhim die? Where's Imam Musa al-Kadhim buried? Kathmein. Where's Kathmein? Baghdad. Imam al-Rabha was where when his father died? Medina. Imam Musa al-Kadhim had been taken to prison. Imam al-Rada was where? Medina. Imam Musa al-Kadhim was where? Baghdad. How then, if a masum is to bury the other masum, how could he have buried him? One group, by the name of the Waqifites, or Waqifiyah, they believed up until Imam al-Kadhim, then they rejected Imam al-Rada. And one of their rejections was a ma'soom. Have to bury a ma'soom. You're in Medina, your father died in Baghdad, there's no way you're the Imam. Imam al Rada looked at them. He said, I ask you a question. Who then buried Imam al Hussein alayhi salam? I ask you, who buried Imam al Hussein alayhi salam? If you ask somebody who buried Imam al Hussein alayhi salam, you find that that person would turn around. What would you say? They said, Imam Zain al-Abidin. said, Imam Zain al-Abidin was where? Imam Zain al-Abidin was where? Kufa. So, how could an, Imam Zain al-Abidin bury Imam al-Hussein who's in Karbala if he's in Kufa? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can give us, Al-Muhammad, a karama from him. Yes? That we are able to be at a certain place with the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because we know that Prophets of Allah have what we call Mu'jizah. Yes. A prophet of Allah has a miracle. And Imam has a karama. What's the difference between the two? Mu'jizah, miracle, may for example prove their prophethood. Moses, the stick becomes a snake. When the stick becomes a snake, that's the miracle of Nabi Musa. Salam. Nabi Isa could raise the dead and make them alive. Isn't that a miracle? Being able to raise the dead. And making them alive, that's his miracle. The Holy Prophet's miracle was what? The Quran. Yes. That's ma'ajiz. that's their miracles. The Imams have karamat. These karamat are their connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where they are blessed. The way Asif bin Barqiya was blessed when he brought the Queen of Sheba's throne from one part of the world to the other. When Nabi Sulaiman asked, Who's gonna bring me the Queen of Sheba's throne? It's like me asking you a question. Could you bring my laptop? I left it in Australia. You'll say to me, yeah, bro, three days, FedEx. I said, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I want it now. You're like, no, no, three days and uh, we'll get DHL. I said, bro, I don't want my laptop in three days. I want my laptop now. You said to me, what do you mean now, now? I said, look, I'm in Leicester. My laptop is in Sydney. My Apple laptop is where? In Sydney. I want it to be brought to Leicester right now. You're like, bro, relax. Three days' time, inshaAllah, we'll bring it to you. We'll try and fast it to, for example, fast forward it to two days. I said, no, no. I want it before this eye blinks. You're like, to me then, Say, No, you need to relax. Because this is not really heading anywhere. When Nebi Sulaiman said, who can bring me her throne? It's a similar metaphor. He is in one part of the world, she's in another. Who can bring me her throne? One of the jinn turned around. He said, I'll bring it to you before you get up. He used to go to work in the morning, leave at midday. He said, I'll bring it to you within the few hours. Then the Quran said, someone who has some knowledge of the book said, I'll bring you the queen of Sheba's throne before you blink. It was there in front of him. Some knowledge of the book. Some knowledge of the book. And you're able to bring a throne from one part of earth to another. Imagine the family that the book was written for. Yes? The family that was alongside that book in the pre-eternal realm. And this book, the Quran. They are the Thaqalain. You imagine that family. If the rep of Suleyman is able to bring the Queen of Sheba's throne. Without you blinking, you think that the reps of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wa sallam can't. Allah, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa alihi Muhammad. Let's have a second salawat, if you don't mind. Masha'Allah <laughs> hey, Ya yani, Ali Masha'Allah Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa Ali. Muhammad Even another louder salawat than denn- denn- this one Nothing in life brings you barakah like salawat on Muhammad and Al Muhammad. Therefore, Imam Zain al Abideen, if he wants to, he's able to return back to Karbala. And therefore, Banu Asad were there at the burial of Imam Hussein. Yes, they were. Was Imam Zain al Abideen there as well? Yes, he was. Both of them could be there, but Imam Zain al Abideen. Could direct the burial. In directing the burial. How would he direct this burial? Interesting. That ulama from the likes of Ibn Shahar Ashub. All the way to the great scholar Al-Mudaffar. In their different discussions. Have sought to outline. Because when I go to Karbala for ziyara, I get a bit confused. I'm standing there. I see the grave of Imam hussein Then there's a grave of companions. There's a grave of Habib Ibn Mazahir. Then Hur is like 5 kilometers away. Aoun is 10 kilometers away. And it gets a bit confusing. Let's clear them up one by one. Firstly, Aoun, the one who is buried, 10 kilometers away or so. He is Aoun, son of Abdullah. And Aoun, son of Zainab. But not Sayyidah Zainab or Abdullah bin Jafar al-Tayyar. Yes. That is not Aoun, the child of Sayyidu Zainab That's a famous scholar of the Shia community from the 4th century. This discussion we had wonderfully explained to us by Ayatollah Al-Ha'ari, May Allah lengthen his life, where he discusses that this grave is of Aoun. Yes, the son of Abdullah, like how Aoun Sayyidu Zainab is the son of Abdullah bin Ja'far al-Tayyar. And yes, he's Aoun, son of Zainab, but not Zaynab. Daughter of Imam Ali alayhi salam. Rather, this is one of the great, 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 great grandsons of Imam al-Hassan alayhi salam, who moved to that area. When he moved to that area, the community all wanted to honor him by giving him a wonderful piece of land because he was one of the ulama of the Shia. So, because he was a Sayyid, great grandson of Imam al-Hassan alayhi salam, they honored him by giving him this land. He died in that. So when he died there, it was written, This is the marqad of Aun, the son of Abdullah bin Ja'far. Everyone then thought this is Aun, son of Saints. Aun and Muhammad, sons of Bibi Zainam, are buried with Ahlul Bayt. Ahlul Bayt will not leave their sons to be buried randomly somewhere. They are buried therefore with Ahlul Bayt. Secondly, Hur bin Yazid al-Riahi, why is he buried in that area? Imam al Hussein mentioned. That my companions, I see them being cut into pieces between Karbala and the another area. Which other area? There's another area which is known as the Nanaweez. That no, is mentioned as an area where some of these companions were buried. So that area between it is a few kilometers. Some of these companions, for example, died at one area. And others of them may have been dragged to a certain area or cut in a certain area. And Imam Al-Hussein alayhi salam sees that his companions are not all dying. Karbala was not just one small area. He could have gone to battle. could have gone extensively into different parts. And that Imam Zain al abidin tells Banu Asad, come with me. And he takes Banu Asad with him. And when he takes Banu Asad with him, he says, here lies Hur bin Yazid al-Riyah. And he sits by the grave of Hur bin Yazid al-Riyahi. Begins to recite some poetry or by the body. And then he buries Hur bin Yazid al-Riyahi. So Hur, some said, his tribe dragged him. And they took him away. But rather, we believe Imam al Abidin looked after the burial of Hur in that area. Therefore, Aoun is not the Aoun son of Sayyidina. Hur definitely is Hur, but not his tribe, Imam al Abidin. Habib ibn Mabahir, why him? Because of his love. And the love of Imam al Hussein for him. Yes? That Imam al Hussein said, bury Habib alone. Make it clear that Habib is in his own standing to Ahlul Bayt. They used to all love Habib ibn Muba'ahr. Because what happened? Banu Asad were there in the darkness of the night. The night, some mention eleventh, some mention the thirteenth of Therefore, majalis should never end now. They should continue because we still have to bury the imam. You find that, Banu Asad, some narrations mention that they came to Karbala. They wanted to bury the bodies. They wanted to help with what they could. And the narrations, what do they say? They said that when they came, they thought of burying the bodies. But they were very careful just in case Ibn Ziyad and his people had kept an eye out. So they slowly started to tiptoe one place and another. What do we do? But they were not certain what was happening. All of a sudden, from quite far away, yes, from far away, they saw a man coming towards them on a night like this. And when they saw the man coming towards them on a night like this, what do the narrations mention? The narrations mention that the man that they saw coming towards them is who... Is the Imam, Imam Zain al-Abideen, salawatullahu wa salamuhu They did not know who it was. They just saw a man come towards them. When they saw the man come towards them, he came towards them. They said, hide, hide quickly. Why? Because it may be one of the soldiers of Ibn Ziyad coming towards us. They all began to hide one after the other until when the man came towards them, he looked at them. He said, What are you doing here? For what reason are you here? But they've said, We've come to bury the holy martyrs of Karbala. Be Abi Antum wa Ummi. May my father's life and my mother's life be sacrificed for you, O companions of Abba Abdullah. O oh, martyrs of Aba Abdullah, Every Thursday night, try and make it a point that you do two things. That you recite As-Salamu ala al-Husayn. Wa ala Ali ibn al-Husayn. Wa ala awlad al-Husayn. Wa ala ashab al-Husayn. Jamia wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. That's one thing. The second, always recite from Ziyarat Warith one line. Bi-abi antum wa ummi qibbtum. وَطَابَتَ الْأَرْضُ الَّتِي فِيهَا دُفِنْتُمْ وَفُزْتُمْ فَوْزًا عَظِيمًا That you are pure, but the soil you're buried in is pure as well. For you were victorious with what you did. Imam Zain al-Abni looked at them, he said, what are you doing yet? They said, we wanted to bury the bodies. He said, and why did you not bury them yet? They said, we do not know which body belongs to whom. We see different pieces of bodies and different parts, and they began to describe slowly. One body has no head on it, yes. Another body has got a spear deep inside it. All of you know which young man that was. Then they said, There's another body by the Furaj. We don't know about that body by the forat. It was left alone by the forat. So the Imam looked towards them. He said, okay, I will direct you as to how to bury these bodies. They wondered, who is this man who's going to direct us, who has come all the way here? Because they're thinking Imam Zain al-Abideen must be in Kufa. He could not have come here. So he said to them, "Go and dig different graves. Imagine that there are more than 70 companions of Imam al Hussein. Some of the opinion that they just put all the bodies in in one hole. No, it was separated to quite a width, a quite a breadth, a quite a depth. He said, go and dig three different graves of different sizes. They came back to him. They said to him, we have done this. Who do you want us to bury now? Allahu Akbar. May Allah give all of you the patience. Yes, in this difficult moment. Imagine you burying your father. How difficult was it for you? But at least your father had his head with his body when you buried him. Imagine those of you buried your father... At least you never saw any blood on his body because of arrows. Imagine what we're about to see now. They said to him, how do you want us to bury these three bodies, these three different graves? He said, as for the first one, take the body of Habib ibn Mazahir. They picked up the body of Habib. They went, they placed him in the grave They said to him, how about the second one? He said, the second one, I want you to bury the rest of the companions of my father. Some of them heard him say, my father. They wondered, hold on. Who would say my father? Who is his father? Why has he said my father? What does he mean by my father? They went, they buried Muslim bin Ausaj. They buried John. They buried Anas ibn Harith al-Kahili. They buried Abis al-Shakiri. They began to bury those graves. Then they said to Muhammad the third one, he said, that is for my family. Wait, who is his family? Who is this man? What is happening? Where are we heading? They went, they took what remained of the bodies of Qasim ibn al-Hasan. Allah! They took Aoun, they took Muhammad, they took some of the sons of Muslim bin Aqeer They took them all, they placed them there All of you know where I am heading now Probably the most difficult burial any imam had to give another imam. If you look at all the other imams of Ahlulbayt, you'll find their fingers were all intact. Don't you agree with me? Allah, this is for the lovers of Aba Abdullah. This is your night tonight, the night of the burial of the companions. When Imam al-Rada buried Imam al-Kadhim, I say to Imam al-Rada, Imam al-Rada, was Imam al-Kadhim's finger there? He'll say to me, Yes. I'll say to him, How about the finger of Abu Abdullah? Because at this moment, Imam Zain al Abidin turned round to Banu Asad and said to them, Now I'm going to bury a body that only I and the angels can bury. He began the walk towards. The holy body of Abu Abdullah, with each of his steps being heavier than the other. When he got close to the body, he saw a finger on the ground. It was one of the fingers that they cut from Imam Al-Hussein, alayhi <laughs> As he got closer to the body of Abba Abdullah Remember he hadn't seen his father's body Since Shimmer sat on it Yes When he got closer to the body He called out Banu said bring me a prayer mat Bring me one They wondered why Does Zain al Abidin want to pray No I want to gather The pieces of my father's body (laughs) Allahu Akbar Allah Normally, when someone has a prayer mat, it's to pray. But in the case of Imam Al Hussein, he gathered all of his body parts. Imagine you have to sit by your father's body, but normally they tell you that turn his cheek to the side when you bury him. I ask you, where were the cheeks of Abu Hamidullah? The narrations mention that when he got near his father's body, it overtook him do you know what he did he began to throw the earth of Karabala on top of him and what did he call out he called out father my nights are long and my grief is endless Allah my nights are long and my grief is endless. How can someone live after Abu Abdullah has died? He got his father, he buried him in the ground. He put later on the baby on his chest. Later on he put Akbar by his feet. When he got up, Banu Asad looked at him they said to him, oh man there is still one more body to bury. this is for you all of you here tonight oh man, there's one more body to bury. it's by the forage. when we lift the left side the right side falls on the ground when we lift the right side, the left falls on the ground he began the walk towards Abba and he called out, ya When he got near the body of Abbas, you would think that the body of Abbas, only the arms had gone. But Ayatullah Muhsin Hakim narrates, uh, he had gone to see the grave of Abba al-Fadl when you could go down into the basement. He looked at one of the builders there the builder looked at him, he said, oh, Marja of our time, Mawlana, Sam, I'd like to ask you a question. He said, what is it? He said, they say Abel Fad was tall, that when he sat on a horse, his feet would touch the ground. He said to him, yes, it's true. He said to him, but Marja of our time, he has the smallest grave of all shuhada, Karbala. Saying Muhsin al Hakim at this moment, the tears began to flow from his eyes. He said, I wonder how many pieces they cut the body of Abu al Fadl when he lay on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> With these tears, my dear brothers and sisters, with these tears, raise your hands, all of you. With your tear flowing, keep the tear flowing. Remember Abbas and Hussein, and ask Allah right at this moment. Let me do ziyarat al-Hussein. <laughs> ya Allah, we ask You to raise us with Muhammad and Al-Muhammad. Raise us with the Imam of our time, Imam Sahib al wa zaman Ya Allah, provide us with the shafa of Muhammad and Al Muhammad. Ya Allah, allow our eyes to one day see the grave of Fatima al Zahra <laughs> We pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless all of the residents of the land of Karbala. Ya Allah, give them peace and prosperity. Ya Allah, give honor to Shuhada Karbala. Allow us to be amongst the companions of Imam Sahib al-Asr al-Zaman. Ya Allah, for the originators of this majlis, allow them to continue to serve Imam al hussein alayhi salam We have many ill ones Ya Allah, we have many in desperate need of help, we have many with trials, with calamities, with difficulties. And therefore we recite all in one voice with our loudest voices the ayah to help and the ayah to remind us of your source of blessings. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Amma yujibul muhtarra iza da'aah wa yakshifu al-Suh, louder. Amma yujibul muhtarra iza da'aah wa yakshifu al-Suh. Some of our youth, I want to see their hands put together. A يُجِيبُ you're a Muslim, a man you're a Muslim, a man you're Ya Allah, in the name of the one who was ill at Karbala, Imam Zayn al-Abidin, cure all of our ill ones. Ya Allah, help all our brothers in the world today, especially our brothers in the land of Yemen. Ya Allah, our brothers in the land of Kashmir. Ya Allah, our brothers who face oppression in the world, protect them from oppression. Our brothers in the land of Syria and the land of Iraq, Ya Allah, bless them with peace and prosperity. We pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the Surah Al-Fatiha, but before it the loudest of your salawat.